Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest, the official podcast of the Broad Press, where we take you beyond the headlines and do a deep dive into some of the many interesting articles written by our team this week. As always, my name is Noah, and I am joined by our managing editor, Holly Morrison, and our editor-at-large, Jonah Dayton. How are you both doing? Doing well. Thumbs up. Yep, doing good. (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, so this was another, I guess you could say, slower week. We wrote uh, a lot of articles about Halloween, so there's no point in talking about Halloween now. Yeah, the timing of things kind of fell a little weird for us with uh, with Halloween and a few other things. So a little bit slower, but that just means we get to div- uh, div- dive deeper into a few uh, unique topics, a few niche articles that we might not have uh, normally looked at. So that's always fun. Uh, but with that, we will get right into it. All right. So just before we get into uh, the next few articles, I uh, just wanted to, I guess, remind and inform everybody that uh, the winter sports season here at Brock is kicking off this week. The basketball season starts tomorrow on Wednesday. If you're listening on Tuesday, it's tomorrow. Um, Wednesday night, the women play at six, men play at eight. Hockey starts on the weekend, as does volleyball, and just wanted to, I guess, remind everybody because the protocols for COVID are, uh, there's a few steps you need to go through. Um, so for a student, tickets are free. You just, you still need to like buy, air quotes, buy one. You just got to reserve it, but the price is like zero, zero, zero. Um, and we have links to all of the ticket websites on our website. Uh, I wrote previews for the men's and women's basketball team last week morgan our sports editor wrote one for women's hockey this week so if you want to read those to sort of catch up on by all means and pretty much you're just going to have to do a covid screening the day of like the same one you're supposed to do every day here at brock show it to the people you get a stamp uh and then you just again reserve your ticket and you should be good to go Yep, it's about the same thing for hockey the only difference with hockey um because basketball and volleyball are played here at brock uh, hockey's a little bit of a trek for some people. It's Seymour Hanna Center, which is about, I'd say, like a 45-minute bus ride from campus. Um, it's worth it, though. They play some fun games. Um, but same thing, you have to do a screening before you enter the building. Um, that's the Seymour Hanna Center's screening. Um, so they might ask you to fill out a form. You might get a link to your phone. Um, but you also have to have a ticket for that if you are a student. Again, um, most of them are free, I think. I think you might have to pay for preseason and playoffs, but regular season, totally free. Yeah, that that's exactly right. Don't know why they make you pay for the games that don't count, but then the games that do count are free, but that is the rule. Yeah, so hockey, basketball, volleyball, we will also be covering it. Good stuff. And I am here too. <laughs> no, it is here too. Uh, I love to support all of you in your sports coverage but lord knows i'm not helpful in that at all all right well the first like official article i mean technically we had some winter preview articles but the first specific article we're going to talk about is uh right to disconnect laws possibly coming here in ontario uh so Devani wrote about this this week uh the provincial government here in ontario is uh, looking at potentially banning after-work communication from bosses, uh, as well as a couple other things, which we'll also get into a little bit as well. A few kind of interesting uh, labor or like labor-adjacent reforms that 
little bit shocked to see from this government, but also are kind of weird ones that I guess, I don't know, wouldn't be first on my plate. But I guess when we get in the conversation, we can talk about that a little more. But um, I find it kind of ironic that I'm <laughs> introducing this article because Jonah and Holly can attest I am the king of after hours and random hours uh, work communication because <laughs> I work really bizarre hours because as they also both know i'm not a morning person at all uh but i'm also a work till 3 a.m person <laughs> so sometimes i i definitely don't do it after midnight i don't think i've ever done it no, after midnight no. you but, sent me stuff after midnight but it's always been like hey look at this in the morning like it's never been like i need you to do something at no, midnight no no it's no, no, just no. I like I even then even, and even most of the random communications are just like they're not urgent they're just like this is what's going on new couch yeah, <laughs> the new I finished office. building the new couch at 6 p.m. So here it is for you all to see. Yeah, it, it, that's true. I actually don't act necessarily like request a lot out of no. yeah or anything after hours really. No. Like you, oh yesterday you like you've done it to me a couple times, but I think that's okay. I am like it is a little bit with the job description, yeah, but I'm the but that is also editor, the problem. So that is also the problem that this article talks about, right? The availability. Uh, creep like yeah. if, if i didn't have that means of connecting with you guys like through slack or anything then i just wouldn't it would have to wait right like it, and then we would probably be at the office more and like more i might have to be a little more on time god forbid <laughs> how on time but uh yeah how just might as well get into it so how has like availability creep impacted both of you both you know it can be this job but i mean it could be school it could be anything I think for this job in particular, it, we don't really qualify for this yeah. thing. I, this type of job is very not uh, very non-traditional. So I do think the like late hours communications are not a problem and are often necessary. And I've like done that with you guys before. Right. You're sending messages at like way after work hours. But I think our job sort of does not count for this. Yeah, because that's the thing about like availability creep. It's like yeah. especially us have, with sports. Yeah, you have a nine to five job. Availability creep is like your boss being like, hey, are you online at seven? Can you do a thing? And it's like here, like, yeah, technically we do have like set hours that we have to be working, but there's also like we have to be working on articles all week and we have to like like Jonah said, we have to go to sports. So like, I don't know. If Jonah texts me at like eleven PM to be like hey, could you look over this article that I have to post tomorrow because he got home from basketball at 10.30? Like, that makes sense to me. And then there's also, like, you're not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'd rather you send me something at 6 p.m. than 9 a.m. because um, if I don't have class, I'm not going to be, like, functional at 9 a.m. to do it. Um, but I definitely, like, agree that, like, availability creep is a thing and, like, have seen people feel the need to be online all the time, especially with class profs are kind of like that where they're like you're online all the time anyway so like why aren't you answering all of my emails and all of these discussion posts like that's definitely a thing that's like has happened because everybody knows how to work remotely now yeah profs always say like we can see who's online and we can see who's watched what lecture and whatnot which i'm always like is that a bluff are they bluffing no, or is that they, they can't they can no. all right through teams through teams they can see who's online i don't know if they can see who's watched what lecture they can see who's opened what and they can see who's on Sakai at any time. Actually, anyone can see who's on Sakai at any time. If you click on the roster, they'll yeah, like that's a true. Thing where it's like, person is on the Sakai. Yeah, there's, there's more of your info on Sakai than 
Yeah, it's the fun. Weird. The fun game is like an hour before the assignments. Do see how many people are on Sakai. Yeah. It's like 105. <laughs> it's really fun. But it's weird. It has like your phone numbers. It's yeah. weird. Does I it? Didn't know there was that. Yeah, you have like a profile, like a yeah. Sakai profile. It's very weird. Very creepy. I don't mind because no one knows how to check it. So. <laughs> well, except for us, real like observing how weird it is that yeah. it exists. <laughs> but yeah, I guess no one that's going to use it really knows. Yeah, it, right? but that's definitely like a whole like availability creep thing. Oh like, yeah. yeah, your prof is like, I can see you're online. Why but are you doing the thing? It's sorry to keep going off topic. It's funny that we would all like if we had a group project with someone we didn't know, mm-hmm. we'd all rather just like stress out and not get in touch with them than use the sky to find their email it's so easy yeah but anyways sorry for keep bringing us back off topic to mention that stupid point but but yes availability creep uh in school in work this job is a little bit different but i mean even for this job i mean my job at this job is a little bit different than you guys i've had a couple instances where people are like pushy for me to get back to them on a weekend yeah i'm like no. there, it's one thing to, if you if you happen to be checked like sometimes i check emails on the weekend yeah and sometimes i'll send out an email on the weekend yeah. not super super often but like i get it but then to come back like within the same weekend with a reminder to me yeah to answer what you that said feels like off limits you can you can wait it can wait till monday like you yeah. can hold off on that reminder until like even Tuesday, like give me the yeah. give me Monday to respond. Like I've like, definitely sent emails on a weekend, and I've definitely yeah. like been sent emails on a weekend. You sent me emails on a weekend, but it's always been like, I I know like you make a point like whenever you send me an email on the weekend, it's just like, hey, like can you get this done by Monday or like on Monday? It's never like a do it this weekend thing. It's yeah. like that kind of thing. So I think that's better at least. Doesn't the most like what this is sort of getting at is like retail or just. I guess traditional jobs where you Service, have like shifts. Yeah. It's like, can you fill in here? Like, isn't that the problem? I think it's more referring to office jobs. Yeah, generally. Oh, is it? Because okay. offering up shifts that open up is one thing. Because you like, you definitely have a right and ability to say no. Mm-hmm. Unless like, in big, theory, which, yes, yeah. but which like, is not good. But I don't think that's what this covers at all. I don't. I don't think this. You yeah, know, right to disconnect is like very much like a white collar job thing. And yeah. Like, okay. Not. It's not like your. It's not your right to like be the only person in the store and like refuse to close because the person couldn't show up, which I say that because that's happened to me many times when I worked in retail where it's like, Hey, my like dog is dying. It's like all these crazy stories. And like, some of them are definitely true. Like, I don't think all those people were liars, but it's like, it just kind of sucks that just because you're the one there, you have to be the one to cover. But I don't think that's what this is talking about at all. I think this is, only targeted at people that it's like targeted at people who like have to answer emails for their job i think and yeah like, those people have fake retail, jobs like, you don't have to emails. answer emails <laughs> like it's like you don't have to like i don't i have no concept of what happens in an office job yeah, so like I've never if had your a real office job. boss emails you like can i get the spreadsheets you don't have to do it Mo- until you're most nine to of those five. jobs is having meetings and sending emails yeah. <laughs> 90% of them a lot of like a lot of these jobs have uh, like a work phone as well and oh my god i just hope to god i never have to have a job that requires a work phone i don't have enough pockets for that <laughs> i would mix them up yeah separate and, cell phone uh, seems like the worst thing yeah ever. nothing wrong with them paying for my personal phone but i'll take that yeah which for the record i do not get 
I'm not saying that <laughs> from experience, <laughs> but that'd be nice. But uh, no, definitely not interested in having a phone specifically <laughs> for people to contact me for work. Although I guess it makes it easy to like not give people your personal number. Yeah, for and one, I guess like and ignore it. Yeah, with like two. the whole like disconnect yep. thing. If you have like a work phone, it's you're working nine to five. You turn it on at nine, shut it off at five. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it. Uh, now, uh, Tavani mentioned that there's a 25 employee requirement uh, for this rule to take effect. So you have to have more than 25 employees, it says, for this to like apply to you. And they haven't even said like the rollout of what it actually will be. Like, of course they haven't. The punishment or like penalty for it. So like, again, this is kind of exemplary of my issues with this government is that they do a lot of random little things and think them through maybe halfway at the most and like oh sorry you can't use the new license plates we can't see them at night <laughs> oh sorry the stickers to tell you like stick. gas prices are too high don't stick onto the freaking gas but like all these just random things that they try to do that never pan out so sorry if i don't have faith in this even though i think it's a good idea uh but anyways no, if a there's a penalty and a, and a hypothetical yes clearly i'm political science clearly uh Doug Ford's government breaks so many just like cardinal sins of political science and like proper governance uh, to support them. But anyways, hypothetically, if this was well thought out and it mm -hmm. was going to happen, yeah. do you think 25 employee requirement makes sense? Is it a good thing? Is whatever. It's kind of weird. Like how they settle on 25? Yeah. Like 20? No, 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 no. It's got to be more than that. 24? <laughs> no. Yeah. 25. It feels like one of those things where like, Whenever governments introduce like new labor laws, especially like anything to do with like wage, they always put a cap on it. And it feels like that kind of thing where they're like, we're just protecting small businesses from like having to do a thing like we're protect. But the thing is, like small businesses are very much capable of like exploitation the same way large ones are. So I think if you're going to introduce this legislation, make it go across the board or not at all. But like if you're employed by someone, if there's like five of you or 25, your boss can still take advantage of you probably more likely if there's less of you to take yeah also the easy easy the easy fix for bosses is just like have 24 employees to get around this yeah <laughs> but I, I i don't see this being like a huge deterrent of much of anything no. yeah i know especially if they have no prescribed punishment and like who is really enforcing that like are people gonna have to go to the labor board for this and like I don't know who's going to do that. Yeah, like you know the language I mean? in the article is very much like it will encourage employees to set out of office memos and it'll like encourage employers not to contact yeah. people outside of working hours. And it's like, what do you mean by encourage, though? I think it's just this is well, well you know how you guys have all seen the election ads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is kind of running in tandem with that. Uh, I think it's an election move to try to set up some kind of talking point that they are you know good with labor and yeah trying to be good for like workers something something that they can so they can say that in an ad and like point to this as you know kind of the proof of that yeah this government very much does like to be like we're the working class people look at doug for he looks just like your dad he's wearing a construction hat <laughs> he's got jeans on he's sweaty yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it it's i think it's definitely an appearances thing it it sounds pretty decent but just the fact of how paper thin it all is it's like you're really just getting ready for june 2022 anyway so glorifying overwork we do it yeah i it was again kind of a 
queued up question. I said, do we do it? We do it. Yeah. We all know we do it. But, uh, you know, what are some kind of places that you guys have like seen that kind of most commonly? <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. People Twitter. just like grinding. Grind. Never stop. 60 hours a week. Yeah. Or like. I'm sure you two in the sports world. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. It's especially in the sports Because sports people are very much like, because sports is like. Um, hours aren't a yeah, thing. Hours aren't a thing. And like people, I've heard people describe it as like, if you're working in sports journalism, it's like or like sports writing it's like the candy store of writing you get to work at the toy store basically you get to do like the fun one so it's very much people are like you can be taken advantage of and exploited because there's always someone else who wants to do your job so for you less have to money. put in so many yeah. hours because they'll do it for less yeah no that is especially like you also sports work a lot of weekends yeah and um Holidays. your yeah your sort of work calendar is not is dictated by like the season you cover or whatever so Definitely, there's a lot of like, yeah, you got to put in more hours than everybody, and vacation days are not a thing. Okay, so for our third and final article, we're going to be talking about Damani's feature piece from this week. So she took a pretty deep look at Taylor Swift's career, uh, chronicling sort of her business dealings, especially when it comes to sort of her i guess quest to own her own music after um a couple of i think a couple of years ago it was sold to someone who had sort of basically tried to like take her down and like destroy her career and she obviously was not thrilled about that hadn't been you know offered the opportunity to like even buy her own music so she could own it so then decided that what she was going to do was re-record all of her old albums so that fans could sort of listen to those ones instead of the ones that were owned by this guy, uh, Scooter Braun, I think his name is. Um, so yeah, Devani talks about sort of the business side of that and her sort of dealing with, you know, business and media and fans, um, the connection that she creates with fans and then also some of the misogyny that she's faced as like a huge female artist and how that's affected her career and her business dealings. Uh, so I know Noah listens to Taylor Swift. I know Jonah could not name a Taylor Swift song if he tried. Um, I'm sure if I heard one, I would be like, oh, yeah, but off, no, off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, not off the top of your head. I'm sure if we gave you like five minutes under pressure, you could come up with one. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, again, like I, if you played me a snippet, I'm sure I'd recognize I'm not like not a fan. I just like I just yeah. don't listen to her. It's like I'm a neutral. There's a lot of things that you're like with that where you're like, oh, I know I like, hate it, but I've just never heard of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how do you guys think Taylor Swift has sort of impacted the music industry? Is there like anything that you've noticed that's caught on or like started a trend or, you know, any kind of like movement that she's sort of uh, move, movements a little rich. Movements. <laughs> I don't think she's particularly no. like not like what's the right word I'm trying to think of revolutionary. Like, yeah, you, revolutionary mm -hmm. even like I don't know, she, she doesn't really state claims in much of like No, not a whole lot. She's not really a trend setter. Didn't for a whole long time for like political reasons, like she didn't want to lose right. like the southern following. But her but her big like political stance is like she supports gay people. It's <laughs> like, "Hey, it's better than not." Yeah. But like at the same time, again, she's not she's not she's never had been like a ground not to just instantly go into yeah. crapping on her i do think she set a pretty good formula for the transition from uh country to pop artist yeah. pipeline which is like yeah. running at full steam now 
I mean, I think Taylor like, Swift set the roadmap of yeah, that. <laughs> I think that's kind of like a, I think like it's not necessarily a negative thing. I think no, it's no, kind not of at all. cool how like artists can like release an album and there's more than one genre on it now. Yeah. I think yeah, that's neat. I like, like, even like Taylor Swift, like two newest albums, there was like some pop on there and there was some folk, but there were definitely songs that were country songs. I'm shocked she's 31. <laughs> I feel like she's been around forever, right? Jonah well, she's, she started at like 15. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, like, she was so like she has kid. literally been almost 20 years doing this stuff. Wait, she's from Pennsylvania? Yeah. That's not country. Well, she's, <laughs> she has, like, moved a I lot. I think, like, moved to Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah, relocated to Nashville. She'd have, she's from, like, a very, very wealthy background. Yeah. So I think they kind of got her in in, like, the Nashville area. Yeah. Again, not where... <laughs> As two people that listen to her and someone enjoys her, we're, like, we're coming down really hard on I here. really, like, do not think that I don't enjoy Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. Like, whenever I get my, like, Spotify, like, data, it's like, you're in the top 2% of Taylor Swift listeners. I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. That's the one, this is a topic, but, like, I'm, I have Apple Music, and, like, I crave the statistics They're that so I don't funny. get. It I know. Really I cool. would love to see my stats. Yeah. But, yeah, so don't think that I don't like Taylor Swift, because Taylor Swift is no. always up there. I love Taylor Swift first album that i ever got as a kid was a taylor swift album um it stayed up till like midnight for her, was like, it a cd releases. or like a record a CD, yeah, yeah okay um, how, like, holly's like younger than you yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we're the same age but well, how would she get a record people have I record did, no, no, no 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 record, record players as yeah as a kid yeah wow now everyone has a record now player. it's a big thing to have but a crappy yeah, record I player i was like i think the first time i got like my own record or like album cd i was like I want to say I was like eight and it was Taylor Swift wow. speak now. Huh. So yeah, big place in my heart is Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I know Can't shake it off. There we go. I'm Jonah looking at, hey. I'm on her like Apple music page and I'm just top yeah. songs. Yeah. No, I know that one. <laughs> Tell us about your listening binge the last day or two of Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, Monty wrote obviously this piece about Taylor Swift. Um, because Taylor Swift is coming out with her Red re-recording, which is a lot of people's favorite Taylor Swift album, and they say that like it's her best work and her best song. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, so as I was reading the article, I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to like Red um, in preparation for the re-release. Uh, so I listened to that, and then I was like, and now I'm just gonna listen to exclusively Taylor Swift uh, for the next couple days. Because I've gotten, I've gotten into fights a couple times with a couple people, especially on like Twitter. Because I'll be like, "All Too Well" isn't Taylor Swift's best song, and people will disagree with me hardcore about that. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift, um, mostly just to like, because people will always be like, "Taylor Swift, man, what's your favorite album?" And I'm like trying to figure out which one that is. I heard there's like a 20 minute version of that stupid song. Yeah, like point. 10 minute All Too Well. I don't. <laughs> good lord. I, I think it's a good song. It's not the best song on that album though. No, yeah, there are better songs even on that album. It's whatever. I, I guess I've never had my heart broken by Jake Gyllenhaal, so I can't really <laughs> relate to it. That that album has it's tough. It's that one or eighty nine is her best. Okay, one. that's your opinion. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a definitive way of saying my yeah. opinion. It makes it sound like fact, though, doesn't it? It does. Uh, the the issue is red has higher highs. Yeah. Has better moments than 89. Um, but it also has lower lows and a lot of junk that could have been 
like it does not need to be 16 songs long 18 songs long yeah my that's ideal absurd. album is like 12 songs yeah. 50 minutes yeah like yeah. that's a good length honestly less than that i like 10 yeah like 40 50 minutes yeah. release thing he's also releasing like songs that like she wrote around the same time um so like that weren't included that on weren't this overbloated album. So, like, yeah. <laughs> who and, like, knows for, the like, quality of these? For me, who's, like, a big old Taylor Swift fan, I do want to hear, like, the songs oh, yeah. wrote. But, like, they're probably not going to be my favorite songs. And I get no. why they weren't on the original album. Um, right. But, yeah. My favorite Taylor Swift album, I think, is Reputation. Good Lord. Devani said the same thing. Here's the thing. People hate Reputation because oh. all of the singles off of it were bad. Horrific. Like, Look What You Made Me Do is not a good song. No. I agree with that. Um, it was the same thing with Lover. Um, Lover got a bad single, but every other song on Reputation is a banger. They're really good. New Year's Day is the last song on that album, and it's like so good. It's actually like it's just it was like too cringy. Her trying to go like yeah, that whole era. I because I didn't listen to Reputation at first because I was like, oh my god, she's being so cringe, and I was like, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan anymore. Um, but she's you know, rapping. Yeah, uh, but then recently <laughs> I was like, oh, actually, like this is good as long as you skip that one song that sounds like too sexy for my shirt <laughs> i'm gonna get up red right now Our... we're, we're not listening to it we can't no. do that but <laughs> copyright I, but i'm gonna go through song by song okay here and we're gonna say cut or keep we're and gonna jonah's go down to gonna, 10 jonah's gonna go off vibes <laughs> yeah i'll go off the tone in which you <laughs> either agree or disagree okay state of grace keep. probably her best song yeah. of all time uh it's it's my favorite of hers. Not, of the, time. not my favorite, not my favorite off this album, but it wow. is, I think, up there as one of the best. My favorite song and what I consider the best song are different. Red, another great song. Keep, yeah, that one's good. I keep treacherous. I would also keep treacherous. I don't think it's in the right place in the album. I was gonna say it's another thing I hate song. another thing I hate about this album, aside from those first two in a row, it goes slow, really, really slow, mellow song. Yeah. Really upbeat, intense song slow song it literally does, like yeah. it literally alternates almost the entire time uh but anyways treacherous is good i knew you were trouble I oh i know that one there we go <laughs> that was a that was a big radio one yeah, yeah. it's aged poorly now because there's like dubstep in it yeah i it was, it's good. Not it that was bad. good for the time yeah definitely I, it reminds me of like a very specific time in my life of being 14 <laughs> and like it's good for that but i wouldn't like put it on what year was this uh album out what, like 20 2012 yeah yeah so we were 12 uh all too well. It's pretty good. It'd I like stay it. On. It's good. Yeah. It's it. definitely not what people say it is. No. Twenty two. I know that one too. It's horrible. I and people it's... play it on Instagram every time. I think it's so 22. cheesy. Oh, but boy, you and I are turning twenty two. That's our next it'll, birthday. It'll be on your Instagram <laughs> it's stories. So oh, wait, I will put Instagram. it on my yeah. Instagram story just for like the joke. It's like the yeah. meme of it now. Yeah, and that's fine. But like the song itself is pretty. I almost do. I don't remember that one. Skip, oh, cut. uh cut it's not great it's just like i, uh, I want to go back to you but every time i don't i almost do another yeah. slow song that could be cut for sure it's a good song i like it but it doesn't need to be on the album we are never back together uh, <laughs> bye i know that one too see i, I know i know a most yeah. i know a huge yeah. hit. Okay. it's funny I it, it could like go it. i think i think red had two different vibes there was like the 22 i knew you were trouble we are never ever getting back together vibe and then there was like the treacherous all too well vibe and i don't know that's what i mean and they just had it well like together. no it's so jarring the way it lays it out yeah. i would totally change the track listening too uh <laughs> stay 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 is good that's one of my favorite songs that's a time. good one last time gone that's the gary Lightbody. yeah not, not a... you didn't even know the name of it yeah. <laughs> sorry gary holy ground 
I love Holy Grail. That's the one you said was your favorite on Twitter. Twitter. I saw that. Yeah, that's a decent one. Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, Don't Even Know. I actually really like that one. Lucky One, Terrible. How dare you? That song's terrible. How dare you? (laughs) That song's so bad. No, no, I'm leaving. (laughs) Starlight. If you, I. Oh, and I I skipped Everything Has Changed. That's a good one. Ed Sheeran. That's the Ed Sheeran one. Yeah. That's a pretty good duet. You like the Ed Sheeran duet, but not Starlight? Okay. All right. At least I don't remember Starlight being very good. good. (laughs) And then Begin Again. I, don't I think remember. Begin Again was like the perfect song to end an album with. Okay. I don't remember it, so I'll trust your judgment there. I but like we did it. definitely make some serious cuts to a 16 song album. Yeah, or, you don't need 16 songs. No, no album needs to be that long. And then there's even more bonus ones here that I don't even know. I like the bonus ones. Uh, but, anyways, there's that one. Uh, I'm not going to go through another one. But, <laughs> another one. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that one has the highest highs, also lowest lows, yeah. as I mentioned. I don't like a good chunk of the songs yeah. on there. Whereas 89, I think. You don't hit as many fantastic spots, but I do think it's more consistent. It's more of an album, right? It all, it blends much better. Oh yeah. It has a, the vibe is consistent. And style is actually a fantastic song. That's one of the few singles of hers that like. Shake It Off was not a good single off of that album. It belonged on this. It sounds like red. It sounds like red. There was also like, um. I like the bonus songs off of 1989 better than any of the original songs. New Romantics is my favorite song off of that album, but it mm. wasn't on the original version. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So those are my Taylor Swift opinions. Hard and <laughs> fast. Well, we talked a really long time about that, but... Uh, so then, you know, we talked about Red. She's re-recording Red. We just talked about the songs that, you know, we didn't think needed to be on Red in the first place. Um, but what do you think about bands re-recording their songs? I know that you said at some point you were like, it's a money grab. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I, her fans are like, this is the biggest, yeah. um, like treason, you know, committed against, mm-hmm. you know, like it's horrific what's happened to her. I'm like, it's not fair. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily right, mm-hmm. but she's far from the first person to have this happen to yeah. her and certainly won't be the last. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I don't really feel bad enough to go download a new version of the identical album. That's like, Fair. just so she can get the five cents off each stream. That That's more what I meant. Yeah. Like, I just looked at it cynically. Like, I don't really. You cynical? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, it is what it is. I mean, she's also, I also wouldn't give her like flack for it. Cause like other artists, not to this extent of re-recording yeah. her entire discography, but have like done re-recordings of mm-hmm. their biggest hits to try to be like this is the definitive version because this is the one i own <laughs> yeah i think like what she's doing is like yeah i agree with you where it's like this is not like something that's like going to shake the world to its core but i do think that there is like a little bit of like she's like uh, the big one of the biggest names in music and so like the idea that like she could be taken advantage of like that and then the fact that she is saying no you won't take advantage of me that is like it's not a huge deal but it is a deal um so i think that's like kind of important in terms of just like a creative industry saying like hey like these are songs that i wrote they are Mm -hmm. mine um, you might own the masters, but they are still my songs. Yeah, I think that's cool uh, and fun. Mm. And I also just really like the nostalgia of it, of getting to listen to um, songs that I listened to like as a kid 
for the first for like the first time as an adult again um i think that's really cool i really did enjoy like with the first one that she did was fearless i did enjoy sort of like staying up and like listening to that album again but yeah uh it's not a bad thing i don't think it's really a, a roadmap for anyone other than other yeah humong like adele maybe could do this adele could probably <laughs> like, do it like who else could do it like Nick. no small mu musician yeah. or even bands just like like snow patrol like couldn't Snow Patrol. Do, they couldn't do this, and it, w it wouldn't make any difference, right? They could make new versions. Yeah, Who's going to listen to it anyway? Like Beyonce could probably do it. Like right. Huge. Like, it has to be. It's got to be a household name. Right. Yeah. Right. Already, like, multi-billionaire. I'm not, like, I don't really care about, like, the whole, like, I mean, I care to an extent about, like, people and, like, owning their things. But I don't care about that as much as I'm, like, ooh, new Taylor Swift album. That's neat. That's fun. Yeah, like, all of them in one year. It's yeah, crazy. And that's cool. <laughs> And, you know, she, even people who, like, buy the vinyl, like, you're getting new songs. So, like, cool. Well, that does it for a rambly, off-topic episode. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to talk about some, again, different topics thanks to a, a slower week. There's always, you know, good things come out of that as well. Uh, you know, thanks to Holly and Jonah for joining me as always. It's great to get to talk about this stuff. Great to talk about Taylor Swift. Um, again, I'm, I am genuinely a, somewhat of a fan of hers, uh, not in like the rabid fan way, but I definitely come off more cynical than, than I might no, be about it. No, it's incapable of not of enjoying things. Cynicism, yeah, <laughs> capable, incapable of purely enjoying things. But anyways, it was fun to talk about it, uh, even if I didn't sound like I was having fun. I did enjoy it. Uh, you can read the articles we talked about today and many, many more at our website, www.brockpress.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Brock Press. On top of following us on social media, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Too many names to say in one breath. Had to... a, whole lot of, a whole lot of, there's so many places. So many places to get it. Uh, on top of that, you can get it also at our YouTube channel and on our website. So with all that said, thanks for uh, listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye.